Hi everyone, I'm Fabio, and this is Captico Talks, a podcast where I talk with creative entrepreneurs and I explore their successes and failures, fears and ambitions, and what they've learned in the journey of making their ideas come to life. Today I'm talking with Pedro Brandão, the founder of Significa, a digital design agency that builds services and products for global clients right in the heart of Porto. Pedro is a deep thinker and passionate about creativity, productivity and the reality where both meet. We talked about the successes and failures while Significo was being born, how they worked on creating an environment solely focused on great relationships and deep work, how every single new member that joins the team reshapes it, and how Pedro is on a mission to change the ship labor label that Portuguese talent is usually given by bringing awareness to its quality and its credibility in a global creative arena. I spent a few hours at Significa talking with everyone and I left with a sense that creativity really thrives there. Everyone is really focused on delivering success to their partners. And at the same time, everyone is welcome to join a conversation, to throw it a new idea or to just step aside and think independently. Brands like Reforestum, Mishmash and Oopsie trust their successes to this team and the results are incredible. Give them a visit at significa.pt and see for yourself. And now let's listen to Pedro. Pedro, really, really happy that you had the chance to do this okay. and to talk about Significa. And um, one of the things that I'd like to talk about in the beginning is just just give some context to the, to the listeners. Mm-hmm. What is Significa? What is who, who is Pedro? And um, yeah, just talk me a little bit more about what Significa. Okay, cool. Nobody knows what yeah, it is. Okay, so. <laughs> Before I end, I must apologize for my English, if it's a bit broken, but... It's okay. great. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, so, uh, Significa actually started with me alone as a one-man job, mm-hmm. and it rapidly grew into um, two people, and then the necessity came from for hiring uh, some more. So, it all started in, I would say, 2014. 2014. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. I would say something like that. And But the beginning was a bit like, I mean, going with the flow. Okay. So, yeah. so fresh out of college and uh, getting, actually in college still, and getting some few projects, freelance projects. Oh, cool. And then, I mean, I just had too much work on my hands. So I just, it was like organic growth. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, I have, I have the, um, so I had the opportunity to use my father's company, which is a designer. Okay. To actually invoice and what start. What is his name, by the way? Uh, Carlos Aguiar. He's a Carlos product Aguiar. designer. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, quite a good one. Physical products or digital Yeah, yeah, ones? yeah. Physical products. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, really, <laughs> like, uh, cylinders and, and taps and, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, we started with, um, with that nice bootstrap of being mm-hmm. able to, to invoice via his company. And so, it actually... Uh, relieved us of some like like bureaucratic processes, so All right. it was a nice bootstrapping. Mm-hmm. So officially, Significa started in, in 2016 in March, if I'm correct. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of a new company, like yeah. three years old now. And so this is our story, like a uh-huh. brief summary of. And what what Significa focus on on doing on a daily basis? Yeah, the, daily basis. So. We like to think of us as a design-led product development and design mm-hmm. agency. So we do design and development, mm-hmm. basically. We have some. We have created some uh, synergies with some other companies, uh, namely cybersecurity and like backend development, mm-hmm. which allows us to actually go full fledged on the project. So from inception to, to launch mm-hmm. to deploy, 
So we like to think that we can tackle anything uh, digital product related, uh -huh. like from illustration, from copywriting, even business analysis, analysis and uh, user experience uh, testings uh, until development, uh, continuous deployment, continuous integration, yeah. and people's pockets. So you basically just, if a client wants to work with you, you basically can do almost anything yeah, yeah. Regard, regarding to a service. Yeah, full like service. product, brand, I'll yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really, really cool because yeah. you just give like the entire scope. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Our last goal was to close the scope with uh, cybersecurity, uh -huh. which is more like a second thought for almost everyone uh, building products. Uh -huh. like, it should be Definitely. secure. Yeah, but, but privacy and cybersecurity is one of our main concerns now, and we're actually closing the circle with the new company that works like, alongside with us. Was that like a decision that you made um, recently, like just the cybersecurity side of things? Yes, yes. It's kind of recent. It's uh, really our, uh, our like, area, so mm -hmm. it's really closed. And, I mean, it's a bit strange because, I mean, in, with design, you have this portfolio, you have this, like, dribble, BS, you have, like, some yeah. visibility. Uh -huh. With cybersecurity, is everything, like, dark. <laughs> so, it's hard to get into it, but we have some really, really good people, really talented people, and some, so we're actually doing some stuff. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm curious because you mentioned that um, you started this on, on yourself. Like, you just had some projects while you were in college. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to understand, like, how was the dynamics of moving from being by yourself yeah. and hiring the first person? Yeah, <laughs> so maybe, maybe I should start with some, uh, like you said, like this podcast is more of a personal thing. Yeah. Fears and like, goals. Mm -hmm. So the thing is to maybe contextualize a bit significant and why we do design development mm -hmm. and digital products. So I began developing when I was really young. So I began programming when I was like 12 or something with oh, some cool. goal, I didn't know that. some Pascal game and like some. So your background is in development? Actually, my, my self-learning background is in development. Mm -hmm. I'm a self-taught developer and I've always been. And it's strange because as I said, my father is a designer. So I, <laughs> so, so I, I had that background like, Early in early age of beginning to, to develop some cool and small uh, Pascal uh, applications. Okay. And then I moved to web development by necessity, mm -hmm. like creating plan pages and the stuff that kids do or yeah. did. I don't know yeah. what's that, what's, what's it like nowadays. But then I'm, I when, in high school I went to art school mm -hmm. here, like specialized yeah. art school. And then I began some like the process of multimedia. I'm I'm very interested in photography and video. And I've done it mm -hmm. in high school. And then in, in college, I decided to went to, to design. Okay. So actually, I'm a, I was finally a designer. Yeah. So it was like end of the line for my, for my process. So it was natural to me that in the end, I was going to do something related to the digital realm. All right. Of, uh, like a flight. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of natural to create significant directed to, to digital products. Uh, and that's just a bit of background yeah. of what we're doing here. And was, was like, was there any? I actually, just you mentioned, you mentioned that I like to talk about fears and ambitions. Yeah. Exactly. What was your ambition for creating Significa? And what, what was your biggest fear back then when you were just like in college? I assume trying to do stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, trying to create a company, for, probably. Yeah, yeah. So while I was in college, uh, my first child was born. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, so cool. that kind of put How me. How old is E now? Seven. 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 E, e. Okay. Yeah, my oldest one. Mm -hmm. uh, so that kind of 
put things, that, that puts things in perspective. I mean, I have to do something. And my idea when I was finishing college, and it was a discussion that I had with people that work with me mm -hmm. nowadays. And there was usually that kind of like, we had some students that we looked up to and we would like to work there. But my thought was more like, man, I need to like give everything now, try it now mm -hmm. to have my own vision, my own company. And if it works, cool. If it doesn't, I still have time to oh, pivot cool. things around. So do you think that having a child at a young age was a trigger for you to do stuff? Like you really wanted to do stuff? It helped. It helped. Okay. Yeah, it helped a lot. Oh, that's really, really interesting. Because one of the things I found out when I'm reading like articles and stuff is that um, when you have like, let's say a kid or something, um, that leads you like your passions to a next level. And it seems like you lose a little bit of your fear. Is that, is that what you... Yeah, I would say because I was all in. I mean, okay, you I were like, like I'm, I'm, Yeah, it. I was all in. I, I was like, man, let's try it. And if it doesn't work, I still have time to turn things around and find a job or something. But if it works, I mean, it's the ideal. I, everyone wants to have their own like, goal, their own vision being fulfilled. Uh -huh. So, what, like you mentioned that you wanted to become like some companies that you talk about, like interesting companies. And I actually define Significa as the Ueno or MetaLab from Portugal, working like globally. Yeah. Um, so was that like the ambition was like become something that... N not exactly. I mean, we actually, like, like I said before, we have a very organic role. Mm -hmm. And every, every time a new person joins the team, I think it becomes a new team altogether. Oh, really? So actually our, our path is made by the people we have here. Uh -huh. So it's not a, it's, we, we're not like a snake with a, with head, like, we're not a, a, pyra, a pyramid mm -hmm. uh, type of company. So everyone here pitch in for, for the, what they want to, to, to see the company do and what their goals are. So it's really, really organic. And we, we don't have the, any specific like goals and OKRs and like those kind of set in stone milestones we need to achieve. Mm -hmm. So we just have some kind of uh, like concepts we would like to keep mm -hmm. in ourselves, like these being design led. Everyone, every, every single one of our developers is a designer. Oh, really? Yeah, every <laughs> single one. How did you find them? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pure luck, I would say. I don't know. So, but, but like, like I said before, we are three companies here, mm -hmm. and in Significa, everyone is a designer, okay. even the developers, and we have good developers. So, I, I like to think that we aim for something. Even the name says, we, we, we aim for something that means something to yeah. us. So that's the origin of the name. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to be financially stable, of mm -hmm. course. That allows us to A, or create products, or B, work in products that actually mean something to us. Okay. So hence reforcing, like mm -hmm. we were talking about before. So those kind of projects that have some kind of impact in the world, mm -hmm have a special meaning to us, and that's our main goal for the future. That's really cool. So, so you basically, is there any process of finding the clients? Because you mentioned that it has to have meaning, but so, like you mentioned as well, you want a company to be profitable. Yeah. So you have to, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how is the process of finding clients and finding the, the, <laughs> the clients that have meaning for you? Well... Clients have to find us. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, so we uh, unfortunately don't have a very active 
uh, sales uh, generation process. Mm -hmm. So we actually rely on our output to the world to bring us more leads and more clients. Uh, regarding the, the, the meaningful projects, it's just a matter of luck for now. Okay. Because we're, I mean, we're at early, an early stage of the, mm -hmm. of the company. And, but from now on, we're trying to find those kind of projects that mean yeah. more to us and making, I don't know, maybe pushing them forward. Yeah. I yeah. don't know, doing something that actually brings more of those projects. That's really interesting because one of the things I would like to ask you was like, I was thinking if this could be the first question, but one of the things that I want to ask you is like, what is a quality that you think you have that makes significant what it is today? Oh, that's very <laughs> personal, right? <laughs> Uh, quality that I personally have, or a quality that you pursue someone to have when when they join the company. But I'm more interested to understand what is your personal perspective on yourself. That's what I'm interested to understand. No, that's really, like I said, I'm not a, <laughs> one for self-analysis. Yeah. But I would say, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, well, one of the things that that I think one of the things that I think that are uh, a bit different is. That I have people here, I have partners in Significa, mm -hmm. that handle most of the, for instance, the sales uh, jobs, mm -hmm. the client communication uh, part of the, of the work is not handled by me. Yeah. So I'm a really down-to-earth person. Mm -hmm. I really do like to work. So even being the founder and the, and the managing partner of the company, I still work, I still program and I still design. Oh, really? So I do the design and the programming for everything. And I think that's maybe uh, some aspect. There's, there's something to it that mm -hmm. maybe reflects a bit of who I am. But other than that, like, like I said, it's really hard to do some self-analysis yeah. on yeah. that. But for, for, the, for the, the, the people who work here, I guess that teamwork and like everyone is really humble and really into the, the company culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really... Available to That's us. really cool. Yeah. Because it seems like um, when I when I just walked in, <laughs> I was very very surprised by the culture. It seems like you have, you guys have thought about all of this. Even the color of the shares, like it seems that you really put some thought on this. Um, is that was that intentional or was that just? part of like was this year before no it was organic everything's organic really okay yeah so we don't have like a plastic culture plastic I, I, I what do you mean, mean by plastic I, culture? I, I like to think we don't have a plastic culture of like preparing things for for instagram or, or preparing things or making making the culture seem some way that, that is not mm -hmm. so we like to think that our culture is really what it is okay so it's very real and uh, for, for instance, um, when we have some like tight deadlines or some work that needs to be done like ASAP, we usually try to 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 assign that work to one of the partners. Mm -hmm. So so the, the the rest of the team doesn't have to stay late or work in weekends because we strictly forbid that. <laughs> really, and it's hard for for these kind of people. We have some work colleagues yeah. here. Was was that? Was that a learning experience, like that, that kind of decision? Yeah, it is. It is because we, it's it's really important to have some kind of balance between like work and, and life, and it's really important for for everyone to understand that. I mean, this is a job, uh -huh. and this is not our life. Mm -hmm. 
And it's really important to understand that. So we really feel that the, the rest of the team doesn't have to, to take care of our mistakes, like of our underplanning mm -hmm. or like our underestimations. So yeah. we try to absorb all of, all of that work. But it's funny and it reflects a bit of the culture because we actually many times cannot absorb because people won't let us. They, <laughs> they want to stay late. They want to do the extra mile. For, for the team, which is amazing. I mean, we have re really talented people here uh -huh. that are really into, into the game. How many us. people do you have right now, like well, working with you here in the office? Or in the office, I mean, we're significant, we're, we're around 15. Mm -hmm. But in the office, we're 25, in this office currently. Mm -hmm. uh, because we have the, this partnership, partnership yeah. synergy with other companies. Tell me more about that, because when I was researching for this interview, yeah. I found that you have a lot of partnerships that actually makes your work even better, I would say. Um, so tell me more about that. I would like to think that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the thing is, uh, maybe we should contextualize a bit with the status of okay. like, how things are here mm -hmm. in Portugal. So uh, like I said, I was like really into digital products and programming from early age. And in college, I mean, you've been to the same college as yes, I am. Yes, so, uh, there's no much, I mean, there's close to none of, of like studies about user experience, digital products. There's like close to none. Mm -hmm. So everything we have learned, we learned by ourselves yeah. and by talking to, to, to someone else and reading articles and on the webs. I mean, <laughs> that's why we are here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, there's, n Portugal's a bit slow to catch up on this like new, I wouldn't say it's a new trend because mm -hmm. it's not. But okay. for Portugal, it is. And it's kind of sad, if mm -hmm. you ask me. And there's, and for me, my, my personal opinion is that we have a lot of talented people here. A lot of talented. We have some other companies here in Porto that are really talented. And we should have more. And I'm speaking against myself because I'm not doing my part of the, of the job for it. Yeah. But I mean, we should have more connection between us. We should have more. Like, I mean, this is a global market. We're not competition. We should learn with one another, one another. We should like have a good relationship with everyone else because we're in the Such same boat. Idea. We're in the same boat, actually. Uh -huh. And our main goal as a company in Portugal and in Porto should be to uh, delete, to kill the stigma of ship labor in Portugal mm -hmm. and create some, the idea that Portugal is, and it actually is, some good quality work from quality driven people. Mm -hmm. And we have amazing quality here. And we, it should be our goal as a company to mm -hmm. improve the, the, the vision people have from Portugal yeah. because we have a lot of clients that call and as soon as we say, we'll set our prices, they're like, I mean, this is not India too. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I can hire someone in the, in the, in the States for, for this. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. So uh -huh. they're actually so there's a stigma, you say. Yeah. There's, they're expecting some ship labor from Portugal. Mm -hmm. And that's not true at all because we have amazing uh, colleges, for, especially from development. We mm -hmm. have amazing universities here. Design is catching up. We have, I've seen amazing talents mm -hmm. uh, nowadays. And we, we really should try to create the, the idea yeah. that Portugal and is. And you, you're touching Portugal. some of the things that I'd love to talk with you, which is like having a company in Portugal. Um, was it difficult to start? And um, what were the challenges to, to start like the company in Portugal? And it was that, <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Um, and, you, you, um, you can, that's just extra, the camera. Enjoy your lunch. Okay. 
let's do it again. You just touched in, in some points that I, I really like to talk, which is like having a company in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a, a decision that you made? Like just well, having the, well, the company in Portugal? Yeah, in the beginning it was like, I mean, I'm based in Portugal, mm-hmm. so it's the natural decision. Yeah. <laughs> So it's easier for me, I mean, I know pretty much, I mean, the basics of the laws here, of how things work, how taxes work, so it's easier for us to start here. Mm-hmm. Uh, then again, taxes are high. Okay. Are really high. And it's not as easy as it would be to, to have the company in Portugal, as it would be in somewhere else. Okay. So we had the opportunity, I've been working a lot with, in Zurich, in Switzerland, mm-hmm. and we had the opportunity to create a company there. And to move there, and but honestly, it's a bit hypocritical of me to okay. to go somewhere else because I mean I'm stating here that we should like st- focus on Portugal being a quality-driven country. Yeah. And I mean I, I'm not moving my company somewhere else mm. if I have these ideas, if I have these goals. I love that. Doesn't doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you talked about the the partnerships you you've you've yeah, made. Yeah. Um, Was, was that something that you um, triggered, like you created this conversation, or is it something that is part of the culture in Portugal, like sharing ideas and... Um... I don't think so. We haven't looked at another example before doing this, and mm-hmm. our idea was basically so. Uh, you were talking before about the hiring people, hiring, hiring talents. Yes. And for me, one of the hardest parts of hiring someone is the culture. So, like I said, when you bring someone in, you have a whole new team, not another member. Mm-hmm. So when you bring someone in, the, the whole culture shifts. Oh, cool. So it's really important to be aware of who we are as a company, and which is we are design-led. Mm-hmm. And we need to keep it this way. We're like really uh, laid back. We're all laid, really laid back. Uh, so we play FIFA at lunchtime. <laughs> we have board games. We were really like relaxed. Yeah. And... Usually, when this kind of company, design company, starts having some the necessity, which is inevitable, to start developing some like hardcore backends and mm-hmm. like native projects, uh, usually they start to bring more people like more hardcore developers that usually have some kind of different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So we have this kind of developers, this kind of backend developers usually have some different way of working. They need silence, they need concentration. They okay. have like this train of thought that cannot be broken at any time. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's a bit of a different culture if you're a tech-driven company uh, than, you're, uh, than if you're a, a, a design-led. Mm-hmm. So we thought, like, we should focus on what we do best, which is design and design thinking and implementing those things like pixel perfect. <laughs> and we should like take everything else that's not in our interest, like machine learning, and uh, artificial intelligence, like uh, Elixir, backends, like hardcore stuff, and we should like keep them where they are. So you are like really focused on a, on a specific area? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Is, did... Which shouldn't uh, deny us the opportunity to build all products. Oh, okay. So, so even being focused on, on a specific area doesn't mean that you need to say no to a specific client that has exactly. machine learning product, for example. Exactly, exactly. So as significant as a company, we don't take any project that doesn't involve design thinking or any kind of design. Mm-hmm. We don't take them. But on the other hand, we have synergies with some other companies here. We can refer them, and they can eventually become a full product that can 
like encapsulate the, oh, the entire product. So, so in between these partnerships, you actually mention clients to one another. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like something new? Because I never heard about that. I mean, usually, I usually people that run companies they they try to be like very tight and saying like, oh, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying who I'm working with because oh, no, you might, you might just, I don't no, know, not, try not at all, not at all. Whatever. I mean, we have we have a lot of uh, shared clients actually, mm -hmm. and. Uh, most of them started with Significa, which has been around for longer yeah. than the other companies. Uh, and we actually came to a point where we referred the other company, we brought them in, we traveled to the, to the country with the, with the other companies uh -huh. and present them. And it's like transparent to the client that they're working with another company, we share the same space and we're working together as the same team. We have actually product teams here that are, that are made of people from different companies, from Significa, uh -huh. from Collective and from Adamant. That's so cool. Yeah, and they work like in the same room together, which is really, really cool because nice. we can actually deliver a complete product sharing between companies without losing the culture. And what I've seen was like, you have a very flat um, office. So there's no like, here's one company, here's another, no. there's a wall here. There's nothing like no, you this. You probably here. couldn't tell them apart. Yeah, I couldn't. I was like, yeah. I thought this was significant. Yeah. But just for the listeners to know, when I walk in, you just see a big space with a lot of people working. Um, and I, I was really interested in that. Like, was that part of like an education that you, you actually have to had to go through, like to educate like the people that you hire or um, even like the the partners? I'm I'm really interested to understand how did you make these relationships? How did this it started? Because it's something I've never heard of, to be honest with you. Uh, well, so the thing is, uh, collective, which is the the first partnership we, uh -huh. we made. And by partnership, we mean, I mean, we just share space and clients, uh -huh. and that's pretty much it to, okay. to, to achieve the same goal of building great quality driven products together. Mm -hmm. And Tiago came to us a while ago, which was like two years ago or something, in the beginning of, of their company. Uh -huh. And they, and Tiago actually has a really close mindset to mine. So uh -huh. he came from actually the same village. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know him before, oh, cool. so he, he came from a village close to mine, but uh -huh. from the same area. Where about? Sorry, uh, uh, from from the from the inside of yeah, okay. inside of Portugal. Uh, he's from Alvarenga, uh -huh. and from Nespereira, which is okay. close by. And so he approached us. Let let please let me. <laughs> everyone is going to watch now. No problem. They're just too nice, too much nice. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Tiago approached us and he, he shares the, the same mindset as mine. So he's a very, uh, he wants to do some meaningful projects in, uh, okay. in, in the agriculture, agriculture space, in the nature space, mm -hmm. space, maybe even in privacy. Mm -hmm. So we share the same goals yeah. as, a, as a person. Yeah. And I like that from the beginning. Uh -huh. Even the, the kind of ideas, yes, I mean, we, both love Jason Fried, for instance, like oh, cool. uh, his ideas for companies, for culture. Does, does he influence your ideas on, on, on run a company, on run your company, for example? Yeah, Jason Fried. Yeah. A bit, yeah. I okay. Would, I would say so, because, I mean, if you read the yeah. stuff he, he writes, I mean, you kind of realize some stuff that you haven't noticed before. Mm -hmm. And I fully agree with almost everything. Mm -hmm. And Tiago shares the same, same vision as I. Uh, so that was basically the the beginning of this relationship. Yeah. And together 
so me and and uh, significant collective actually created this third company. Mm -hmm. So it was created by us, and it is owned by by both companies. Oh, cool. Uh, cybersecurity uh, company. So it uh -huh. was came afterwards to actually close the gap that was missing from our expertise. Yeah. I'd like to change the gears a little bit and talk about how is it hiring talent in Portugal? Because you talked about a lot about talent. So, but how is it? Is it easy? Is it hard is to it, find like really? Is it? It's really really hard. Okay. Yeah, it's really. Tell really me hard. more about that. Hiring like in terms of hiring creative people or hiring developers. I would say both. Okay. I would say developers are harder. Harder. Yeah, harder. Oh. Because we have some big tech companies here that can absorb everything. Mm. And like Farfetch, probably. Yeah, <laughs> Farfetch. Yeah. <laughs> and we have Bleep as well. Okay. And so it's really hard to actually capture this kind of talent. And, mm -hmm. and the talent we have here is mainly because of uh, we have really talented people here that could get a job at Farfetch or Bleep, probably with higher pay, I would say, <laughs> no, really. <laughs> and they're with us mainly because of who we are, mm -hmm. you know, who we are as a company and the culture we have, and it's really nice to work here, yeah. I would say, I would dare to say. <laughs> so hiring talent is, is really difficult because you have to find those persons that actually take importance uh -huh. in how they feel in the workplace. Yeah. I'm not saying that Farfetch or Bleep is... yeah. Any worse? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that they value what we have here, which is hard to find, <laughs> I yeah, would say. Yeah. And even that, even without uh, having that step of valuing what what we have here, actually finding the those persons, the, those 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 developers that are talented, is really hard because there's big companies, even the the consulting companies like Critical Software, they're like gathering gathering all of them. At the, at, the, <laughs> at the final year in college. Yeah. So it's like they they have a, like a bag and they... So there's a big competition. Yeah, to, to hire, there's a big competition to hire. So I believe there's... Designers the, too? Designers, it's easier because uh, I, I would say that consultancy companies uh, don't hire as much designers mm -hmm. as developers. Mm -hmm. But even so, it's harder mainly because of the lack of education around uh, interface design here oh, in Portugal. Okay. And is it, is it something that you guys are, like, trying to educate more people and probably, like, with the projects that you do? Well, we have plans. We have, we have made a few talks now, a few workshops here. Oh, really? Yeah, we have plans to bring more of what we do to the people in general. Mm -hmm. But I would say that there's still a clear lack of education here, and there's... Mm. That's a good niche for anyone who wants yeah. to, to pick it up. But actually, I would say there's... I mean, nowadays, there's more talent. I see more talent around, mm -hmm. but it's still missing, I would say. You work with uh, global clients. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I was really, really interested is... Um, so, so I think it was Rui, Rui the, your co-founder. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Oopsie which is a, a big company, or I'll say a big company, I don't know if it's big or not, you tell me. Um, how was the process of finding this client and working for a client that is, I'll say, in a completely different city than Porto, where yeah. we are right now? So we're used, <laughs> we, we're used to work with really different time zones. We manage, we have good communication with them, we use like... 
uh, Slack, Skype, and all those technologies to keep mm -hmm. things up to date, project managing tools, we have project managers, uh, spring planning, reports, we have all the bells and whistles okay. for that part. Did that make the work easier or? Well, you have to find a balance, I would okay. say. Because if you have too much bureaucracy, then the work doesn't get done. Or it's like, it's another job on its own okay. to manage it. So I would say you have to find a balance. But mm -hmm. the thing is, working with different time zones, it's not as difficult as people tend to think. Okay. Because, I mean, you still get the work done. You just need to sync up once a day and plan ahead. Mm -hmm. That's just the goal. The key. I'm say. interested to understand, like, because Porto is, I'd say, a very small city, and there's not many people, I'd say. Yeah. And when you go to Hong Kong, it's completely the opposite. Yeah, we so, had a bit of a cultural clash. Okay. Yeah, so how was, how was designing a product that I think Oopsie is a, a, a platform, right? It, it is. It is. It say, is. It's a platform. So you have web, you have we apps, have, you have everything, right? With Oopsie, we have uh, centralized. Elixir backend. Mm -hmm. We have uh, an iOS restaurant app that's distributed for the restaurants. We have uh, an iOS user app, an, I an Android user app. Yeah. We have one admin back office for the for the company. Uh -huh. We have one restaurant back office. Oh my web, God, it's the giant. A few websites. It's kind of I'll say Uber Eats or Libro, right? Yeah, yeah. So, tell me more about how did you manage to create a product for that complexity in a completely different environment well did you guys like did it all here or no no not okay. at all not at all uh, so so oopsie began for us as another simple design project mm -hmm. so they reached out to us and we started designing a few apps uh, for them and i would say the the, the oopsie like bigger goal project only started when we actually flo flew there mm -hmm. and had like a, a series of workshops uh, inside and where they actually saw our value and tried to create something like a bigger product together. So they had this goal, they had this idea, so it's all them, the, the, idea, the product idea and everything. Mm -hmm. We just helped them make it real. So we were there, we, we were a bit of like a, a, a cold bucket of water in their ideas of like <laughs> bringing a bit of reality to their, to their project because I mean, Things need to get done, yeah. and it's not as easy as it seems. Uh -huh. But I think it was really, really helpful to, to fly there. And we flew there for a few times. We, we were there like for three or four times uh, for a few workshops. And it was really interesting to go there and actually finding the alternate reality Hong Kong is. Because the restaurants are not at all <laughs> like what what we have here. Okay. So they're really, really different. And their reality is really different because even the, the proposition of picking up food, because Oopsie is all about picking up food, if you thought if if you think about the, the Portuguese market, it's really strange because I mean people are starting to become more lazy mm. as time goes. Mm -hmm. And so you think about picking up food, I mean, wouldn't it be better for someone to bring it home? Mm -hmm. But actually they have this kind of culture where they go via restaurants home, mm -hmm. so they leave work, they go via restaurants, and even when they're working, they go to the restaurants because it's quicker, it's easier, they just go there, and there's actually huge lines to pick up food because they pick up the food and they eat like in the sidewalk. So it's a, a really different cu culture where their product proposition actually fits, mm -hmm. which for us was a bit like we had to go there to believe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it was really different, and I would say 
it was essential to be there with uh -huh. them and uh -huh. to get to know their reality. And is, is this like, you, you mentioned workshops, that you did workshops. Is, that yeah. with the, is this something that you also do as like designers, developers, or is uh, that a service the, that you offer as well? Yeah, it's usually how we start a project. Mm -hmm. So when we have a project, we usually fly there, or the client flies here, and we have a series of workshops to define the scope, to define the goals, and to yeah. define what's usually what, an, what is an MVP. Mm -hmm. Usually MVP is a minimum viable product, mm -hmm. because usually that's where the, the phase the clients are. So it's really helpful to actually be in the same room and have like this hardcore intense uh, week-long workshop with the clients, because it, first of all, uh, helps, helps everyone to, to gather their expectations mm -hmm. and to fine-tune their expectations. And to have clear milestones and clear goals, it's a, a must for, for any project of this kind. So I would say workshops is something we regularly do, mm -hmm. and it's fundamental and essential to, to the, the success I'm of the I'm curious because uh, you mentioned that design, is some, design thinking, let's call it like that, yeah. it's something that is just catching up right now in Portugal. And uh, leading a workshop like this is something that requires a lot of methodology, I'll say, right? Yes. Um, how, was, how was, like, the first kind of workshop that you guys did? Was that, because you mentioned that you are self-taught and you, you learn things on the go when you need them. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a great quality, to be honest with you. Um, and I think, is this, I think also that it's part of our it culture. It is and it isn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a part of our culture, as yeah. Portuguese, for sure, um, for sure. And... But, but the thing is, so, uh, like I said, when someone else joins a team, it's a whole new different team. And we have people that came from different companies. We have people that came from some different backgrounds and have experience in some other contexts and other countries and other environments. Mm -hmm. And everyone brings something to the table. Uh -huh. And so now we have like a, this melting pot of different knowledges that actually helps a lot with these workshops and this project planning. And so we have the knowledge here, uh -huh. even though it's self-taught within ourselves, so within the people we have here. Yeah. So it seems like in Portugal there's a lot of talent from what you're saying, and there's very, very good quality. Yeah, what, would so. what would you say, because you mentioned that it's difficult to start companies here, and you said like one of the things is taxes. taxes. Is there anything else that, for example, if you were to change in Portugal to make more companies like this available, what would you change in order to have more of this? Well, I'm not, I'm not delving into politics. Okay. okay. No, it's just your opinion. It's not politics at all. Yeah. You yeah. can take it as... as, as, as you, you well, want. I believe in taxes. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's not a, a no-go, mm -hmm. taxes, because I believe in taxes and I believe we should pay taxes. I'm yeah. a bit proud of paying, mm -hmm. paying taxes and everything in order with everything in taxes and laws and everything. And one thing that Portugal could do to improve this kind of thing would be to have more like a general sense of, like I said, quality, the, the quality we have here. So the idea that there, there are actually people doing this and they are successful and they're like known worldwide. Mm -hmm. And we have several companies in Porto that are known mm -hmm. and they are good, really good. So if we pass on that message to everyone, I, I think that first of all, education will change. Mm -hmm. So there will be more education, more offer to, to, to pursue these kind of careers, which will help a lot to create these kind of companies. Mm -hmm. So for now, I think the, the, the main problem here is talent acquisition. So that's the problem, but 
then again, we're not limited to Portugal because yeah. we work remote with other people. But I think that will be the, the goal, will be mm -hmm. like the general idea that we do this and we can do it right. That's really cool. And one of the things that I was really impressed when I walked in was um, this office is very peaceful. Um, was that something that you guys thought about? And was that part of the evolution and your organic growth as well? Yeah. Or was it different before? Yeah, so we started in a house, mm -hmm. like in the in a living room. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, just, just me, then, then Andre joined, joined me, uh, and then like a few other people. And we started like in, in a real living room, and we began to, to grow, mm -hmm. and to have the necessity to move. And we actually had always the, the problem of like noise and everything. It's always a problem in these kind of companies, I would say. So this time, when we started this massive office project, we tried to think about it first before okay. like, going there and yeah. actually renting a space. And <laughs> let's see how it goes. We actually tried to think about it first and creating some kind of areas which would make sense for our line of work. Uh -huh. So, for instance, where we're at right now, we call this the diners or something mm -hmm. like that. It's made for people to come here and be like, we have a good acoustics here, and people can be focused on their, their work, mm -hmm. current work here, without being disturbed by anyone else. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I know open, I, I'm not a big fan of open space uh, floor plans, mm -hmm. and, but it was based on necessity because in order to achieve uh, an office, like a segmented uh, office, it will be really hard and really expensive, expensive for us to, to, to do. Mm -hmm. So we had to go with the, the open floor plan, but again, we have library rules in the, in the, the main floor. Oh, library rules. Tell yeah. me more about that. <laughs> well, basically we have the, the open floor plan and people are asked or at least thought mm -hmm. that they should keep things as quiet as possible oh. and keep things to themselves mm -hmm. because we have some dedicated spaces to discuss things, to brainstorm and to actually get things done, things done in a team. Mm -hmm. So we have, we, we have some, some, a concept of like moving desks where everyone has their own little drawer. Mm -hmm. They can remove the drawer and move somewhere else. So we make, we make the teams based on the project. So mm -hmm. people are constantly moving yeah. in the office because we try to put people next to, to one another that are working in the same project so they can discuss quietly between, between themselves. Yeah. So usually when we have like a six people uh, project with a six people team, mm -hmm. we, um, we join them together in the, same, in the same table and when they're in a brainstorming session or in a project planning or a spring planning session, they will go to a different uh, part of the office yeah. where they can make noise and they can be themselves, yeah. I would say. How is it managing... Um creative people, because you have a lot of them. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to how do you keep them motivated to, to stay in the company, like mm -hmm. follow the values of the company, and um, yeah, just keeping, keeping them motivated. Because one of the things that I was, that made me really, really curious about Significa is, so I'm a designer myself as well, and I use your work as an inspiration on Dribble, for example, where I think you guys are like incredible, talented. Um, Thank you. So one of the things I find really interesting is how do you manage relationships in a, in a team like this with creatives and I'll say probably a lot of ego because creatives, creative people sometimes are <laughs> yeah. egocentric. Yeah. Um, 
how do you manage this in order to create the work that you keep constantly delivering with high quality, I would say? Thank you. Uh, first of all, attribution. So, attribution. Attribution, yeah. So every one of our designers is attributed for the work he or she does. Mm -hmm. So everyone uh, has a signature on the project. Even if it's a small contribution, the people get accounted for what they do. Mm -hmm. And also they have a lot of space, a lot of creative space. So we don't try to merge all styles into one significant style, because there's none. Mm -hmm. We try to adapt to every client. And every designer has the possibility to be creative, as creative as he or she wants in the beginning of the project. Okay. So they have like a, a certain amount of time of free run. They can do whatever they want. So be creative. And then we'll just discuss it after the designer is confident with, with, mm -hmm. with the, the approach. So I guess that's a bit different because we don't quality control in the beginning. We just quality control after yeah. the, the designer has an approach. So they have really uh, a lot of freedom or liberty mm -hmm. to do what they want, and they get att attributed by what they do. That's really cool. And I think that's probably uh -huh. how we can achieve so many different styles. Uh -huh. So you make them um, aware of what they deliver, and they really want to, to deliver something that is of high quality. That will Of course, yeah. yeah. Of course. And of their interest. I mean, there's projects here which I personally don't like the, uh -huh. the aesthetics or uh -huh. the, the direction, the overall art direction. But I mean, it makes sense for that project. It makes sense for that design. Mm -hmm. It makes sense for that context. Mm -hmm. And we go with it. Yeah. As, as long as it has like a clear quality driven aspect to it, yeah. we go with it. So it seems like you come from a, a maker's background. So you love to make stuff, yeah. develop, design, whatever. Yeah. How is it Jacob moving? Of <laughs> Jacob all the trade. Yeah. How is it moving from a management side of things? Because now you have to manage relationships, I'll say. Yeah. How was like that shift? And um, what was your biggest challenge so far? <laughs> I would say it's best to ask someone on the team. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a bit hard for me to like look at myself mm -hmm. from a okay. different perspective. So I really don't know how to answer that. No worries. But at the same time, uh, honestly, I've moved a lot of management tasks to other people. Mm -hmm. So before I was doing accounting, I was doing management, I was doing team, uh, everything like team management, HR, project management, while developing and designing, I was doing everything. Did you sleep? And, I mean, <laughs> yeah, re really. When I added someone to do the, um, the office management and the, the accounting, uh, I was still working at the time, mm -hmm. like programming. And the first remark the, that person had with me was like, it's impossible that you were able to do this while working. <laughs> this is a lot of work yeah. and it's crazy. So I actually uh, moved a lot of the management work uh, to someone else so I can work because mm -hmm. I like to work. Mm -hmm. It's a decision, a personal yeah. decision. And so we have, like, like I said, we have an office manager that's doing a lot of the accounting of a lot of the office maintenance. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, she's uh, managing trips, managing uh, the company's uh, parties and journeys and trips somewhere else and keeping the office as it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and even keeping every, every person's desires uh, accounted for. Mm -hmm. And we have, uh, Rui actually doesn't work anymore, he's a, he's a partner in Significa. 
and he actually does all the all the business development of like contacting clients okay. and, and managing that part of the of the yeah. of the of the company. So it doesn't leave me with much, I would say. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. Yeah. So and let's forget about Pedro and talk about Significa. What was the biggest challenge that you guys had so far as a company? Well, I would say this office was one of the biggest challenges, <laughs> really. So this thing was a beast. Okay. Completely. So it was everything. Tell me more, like, did it, you guys like, rebuild this, all of this? Yeah, so this was, it was Murphy's Laws from, from the beginning. This was like everything went wrong with this. It was crazy. So this was like where we're at now. This was a garage. Mm -hmm. And uh, that part of the office up front on, on the open floor plan, was a warehouse full of like 60 classic cars. Oh, like, cool. Everything was torn down. Was, it was like not at all like it is now. Uh -huh. So we did a complete rebuild of this, and this is a rented space, so it's not really clever, so. Yeah. But let's see. And this was a big, massive, more than one year project that actually broke a lot of us, <laughs> like the spirits. It was really, really hard. Other than that, I would say just the normal issues that any company that's starting has. Like mm -hmm. we had obviously some financial problems in the beginning, mm -hmm. try to stay out of the water, like head above the water. But now we're fine, and, and the, the, the office is built, so I don't think we have like a big, any big issue now. Did the office have any impact on the way that people come to work and um, the culture itself? I would think so. Well. For starts, we started the library rules, uh -huh. and people actually, it, it came from, from the team, so it was actually something that was decided in, in, altogether uh -huh. with the team. And I think now the culture is even better than it was before, because we were in a tight space, and as much as you like working in a company, if you're like in a crowded mm -hmm. place, with nowhere to go, like to be private and to like focus on your work, it's a bit hard to really believe in this this okay. project. So this office was really a necessity. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. nice. So one of the things that I like, because we've been here for a while now, um, there's one project that you you guys worked on that I'm really curious to know more is reforesting. Yeah. Which is something that has a lot of meaning, at least for me, because I it is it is I I really really interested about environmental projects and precision agriculture, for example, is something that I'm really curious about. How did you find this client and how was working with this one? So Specifically, because I know that that has a lot of meaning for you, right? It has a lot of meaning for us. So Reforestum is, uh, it was a Kickstarter project from Diego Sanchez, which is a great guy. And I would say the guy, Diego, really believes in this project. So mm -hmm. it was really, really nice to work with someone with so much passion for a project he's working on. And it was really difficult to, to, to work on that project because, I mean, there was some financial constraints, of course, mm -hmm. and, but we really believed in the project from the get-go and we did our best to deliver the, the best solutions. For and what's the aim of the project, like Reforestum? The aim of the project, yeah. so Reforestum, Reforestum is a project that aims to offset carbon balance mm. for everyone. So. Uh, they actually buy uh, land, hmm. they buy land, and they sell uh, the, the, 
square meters of land to plant trees. Mm -hmm. So let's say they have currently a forest in, in Spain. So let's say you do like a plane trip to the States or mm -hmm. something. You can actually calculate in their app how many uh, carbon dioxide, dioxide mm -hmm. uh, I say in Portugal, yeah. I think it's carbon dioxide. Yeah, <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, you can calculate the amount uh, that you produce in, in that trip and you can offset it by buying some forestation oh, in that, that, that land. It's really, really incredible, it's an amazing project. So it's actually kind of cool because you actually own the land mm -hmm. that the, 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 the trees are planted on, yeah. but like for reforestation to plant. Uh -huh. So it's really, and really I've nice. And I've seen on the website you guys are partnered with them. With them. Are you partnered like on the design side of things or actually on the project itself? Uh, we actually bought uh, some land, so mm. we have a, a reasonable amount of land <laughs> from for significant to plant trees. And we actually went the, the extra mile uh, regarding financials with, with them, because we really believe in the project. Mm -hmm. And I guess now we're not collaborating together anymore. Uh, we're still in contact, mm -hmm. we still talk. We're not collaborating anymore because they have their own team, they, are, they outgrew. And it's something that we usually try to do is to help the, the clients create their own team when it's, yeah. like, it makes sense yeah. for them to stop outsourcing their, their efforts. Mm -hmm. So we did that. We tried to uh, help them create their team and move the project in-house mm -hmm. for reforesting. That's so cool. I, I have like just a few more questions. And I'm interested to understand what you think is the most underrated uh, quality of a company like this one. Underrated. Underrated, yes. Ah, that's a tough one. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean... Maybe the most underrated uh, part of our job is the amount of management we need to do in order to get the project uh, out the door. Mm. So there's the client expectations part of things, of managing a project, and then there's the invisible part of the last 10% of the project that are crazy difficult to get people to understand that they need to be done, like setting up servers, the DevOps part, the security, the certificates, everything that entails the, the launch, the, the, the App Store management and the uh -huh. Apple certificates and everything needs to be done, but it's often second thought. Okay. And that's mm -hmm. probably underrated. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, the boring side of things. Also. The boring side of things, yeah. So it, this is not just designing pretty pixels uh -huh. and like putting them in a page and putting them mm -hmm. online. It has a, lo a lot more to it yeah. than people think. And I would say that it's probably underrated. What, what is... I'm actually just, this is a question that I just popped in and I was really interested to ask you, what is the qualities that you look for when you hire someone? Like, how does it, how does that people, other person needs to behave, work, whatever? Not behave, it's more about the values. There's, there's, there's no, there's no like that. blueprint mm -hmm. for, for anyone. So I like to think I, I, I'm a good judge of mm -hmm. personalities. So it's usually more of the soft skills because oh, okay. we believe that anyone can learn. So if someone has uh, an inch of talent and good soft skills, it's a, it's a good person. So we just don't hire assholes, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good <coughs> metric, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah. So uh, the thing is, people here are usually very humble. Mm -hmm. And they do the extra mile on those kind of things that we are talking about being underrated, like the 
the usability part of things, the how it works, that's usually oversighted by everyone who looks at pretty pixels on, mm -hmm. uh, in Google. So I would say that everyone is really humble and eager to learn. Yeah. Eager to learn. We have, we have, uh, for instance, one person here that came in as a, as a designer and is now a developer. And a really good one. Oh, <laughs> that's say, really yeah. cool. Which is so you guys built nice. the environment for, to do these kind of shifts, shifts so people sure, can explore. Sure. Every, we actually have a kind of document where everyone is free to, like, go point by point to actually shift someone else and doing, like, pursuing things they want to do besides what they do now. And that happens often, like people just shifting a little yeah, bit. Have, yeah, we have a lot of people interested in, in learning. Uh, I, th I would think that there are two main goals for the designers. So two paths. Uh -huh. So one of them is project management. There are people here who really love to managing stuff and to manage teams, and they go with it, mm -hmm. and they learn how to do it. And the other one is development. So we have some, develop, some designers that are learning development. And I, I mean, until now, we just had one that was, turned out really, really good at development. Yeah. But other than that, everyone is trying to pursue some different path, I would say. That's really cool. So. What are the ambitions for Significa for the next 10 years? I'll, I'll, I'm thinking that you want to keep this for eternity, I'll say. <laughs> but let's say 10 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, we don't have a, a defined, like set in stone mm -hmm. uh, goals. Mm -hmm. But I would say that our goal is to be financially stable mm -hmm. for everyone here. Mm -hmm. So we try to pay as much as we can to everyone here. And we try to, and from now, from now on, being financially stable from a few projects, we would like to actually shift part of the team to inside projects or meaningful projects from somewhere else, from mm -hmm. NGOs, for culture, agriculture, agricultural or privacy, human rights projects. I, I would say that is my goal mm -hmm. for the next years is to actually to try to merge some of the team into financial stable projects and some part of the team to achieve some of the meaningful goals. So cool. One last question, and this one I ask to everyone. How is it like to be Pedro nowadays? Oh. <laughs> well, busy. Busy, okay. Yeah, busy. Because, I mean, I have a family. Uh -huh. I have two kids. And I've been traveling so much right now. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I mean, I've been... Uh, the last three weeks I've been in San Francisco. Next week I'll be in Zurich. And I've been traveling a lot. Uh -huh. So my life is kind of... Busy, I would say, and crazy. You still find time to spend time with your kids every yeah, single definitely, day? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh -huh. well, I, I try at least. <laughs> but definitely, that's one of my main goals. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, like, what's like being Pedro is like having a goal of spending more time with the family in the near future. Okay, that's a great goal. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great goal, yeah. And, but actually, it's not that bad now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's busy, but I have a great team that helps me a lot. So, like I said, I, I don't have many management tasks, like, upon me. Uh, apart from like, overall strategy direction and uh, and the overall world's view mm -hmm. of the company, so it's fine there. And I actually like to work, so being Pedro now is actually working. It's <laughs> fine. So I you would love say. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a bit cool. of workaholic. Thank you very much, Pedro. This was. I'm really, really impressed by what you guys built here. Oh, thank you. And um, by how humble you are, actually, it's really nice to have this conversation and being able to do this. Thank you very much, man. Thank you.